Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 73. Hey, this is Jared Kleinert, author of 2 Billion Under 20 and 3 Billion Under 30. If you want to become a super connector, definitely check out Build Your Network with Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, Build Your Network is supported by CastBox, the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on iOS and Android. CastBox has over 50 million free episodes that more than 10 million users download and listen to wherever, whenever. And now for all Build Your Network listeners, once you've downloaded the CastBox app, click Go Premium and enter promo code 90 days to get three free months of premium features. Head on over to the App Store or Google Play Store to download CastBox now. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Jared Kleinert. Jared is a TEDx speaker, award-winning author, and founder of a marketing and business development agency that partners with number one New York Times bestselling authors, Fortune 500 executives, major keynote speakers, Emmy award-winning journalists, seven-figure business owners, VC-backed startup founders, and others who lead their industries and positively impact thousands of new people each week through their work. Jared, 
Thank you so much for coming to the show today, man. Really excited to have you. Why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro just a tad and then tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Thanks for having me on the show. First off, your show is something that I love talking about, which is networking and relationship building. I really have been a connector my entire life. I spent most of my teens studying under a few of the best minds when it comes to networking and relationship building and connecting out there. One of which was someone who was called the most connected man you don't know in Silicon Valley, according to Forbes. And then the other was Keith Ferrazzi, who literally wrote the book on networking relationship building called Never Eat Alone, which became a number one New York Times bestselling book in its own right. So because of my experiences working with those gentlemen, I took this on as sort of my own superpower and the skill set that I wanted to maximize most. Hmm. That's led to growing a consulting business. It's led to writing two or running books. It's led to you know, really everything. I mean, I, I could even like meeting my girlfriend and meeting just amazing friends of mine who enrich my life. By the time this comes out, I'll have just run a marathon, my, my very first marathon. And I would have done that and gotten myself back in shape after being over 30 pounds overweight if it weren't for my friends and my network. And mm-hmm. so literally everything in my life, you know, being a TEDx speaker, being a TED speaker, I've, I've been able to do a TED talk. All of that is a result of my network. And so really excited to talk about that today and, and get into it of why all this happened. It's definitely a very topical, top of mind show for me as at yeah. least as, as one of your guests. Definitely, definitely. So let's just get right into that conversation. Then this is typically the question I asked to kick that off. And I'm interested to hear your answer. Who you know, or what you know, Jared, which one is more important? Uh, I think it's both. I don't think it's a black and white answer. I think who you know is very important. And obviously, there's phrases like your network is your net worth and you know, all those sort of tried and true statements that people say. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to have something to bring to the table. Yeah. And sure, you can be a, what I would call a super connector, quote unquote, and someone who facilitates networking and relationship building and introductions between people in your network. But I also think that you should have some real subject matter expertise to back that up. You, know, you should be the best in the world or one of the best in the world at something, hmm. uh, or you should just be really knowledgeable about something uh, and be able to bring that expertise, that passion, hopefully behind what you're knowledgeable about to the table so that when you're connecting with people, it's really just a leveraged activity rather than just being someone who's a a middleman, a facilitator. There's value in that, but I think there's even more value in someone who can bring the facilitation skills and some real subject matter expertise to the table. Yeah. So when you connect with somebody, Jared, what do you tell them that you do? Because I just read off a laundry list of things in the intro that you've done and that you are doing that you work with. What do you tell people that you do when you meet them? It depends on the question people are asking me. So so like, let's pretend we just met at some sort of an event or conference or dinner or something. And then we chat about me for a second. And then I turn to you and I go, so what do you do? So that's my least favorite question in the world. I would, I would always answer, I walk, I breathe, I eat, I occasionally sleep, but not too much. And <laughs> I do that very purposely to throw people off. Yeah. And the people that laugh like you did, or the people that sort of know that I'm joking, I tend to vibe well with. And if the people that sort of immediately brush me off, cause I didn't tell them that I'm someone running a, a high powered company or right. that I'd be potentially valuable to them. They typically, <laughs> because you didn't immediately start the bragging on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, they immediately disengage from the conversation. And I save a ton of time because they're probably not someone I wanted to be friends with hmm. anyways. So it really does depend on the question, but that's yeah. how I would answer 
the what do you do question, which please, for the love of God, if you're taking anything from this conversation, don't ask that question to people like find other ways to ask that question. If you must, like, what do you do for work is even slightly better. <laughs> what are you building right now? How do you spend most of your time? What are you interested in? How do you know, insert the name of the host? Yeah. Find another question to ask, but, uh, such a yeah, that's, great that's, piece of, if we ended the conversation right now, I think that it would be totally fine. Jared. Done. <laughs> because, it was nice talking yeah, to you today. Yeah. <laughs> thanks yeah, thanks, so yeah. Much thanks for, for coming on. on. <laughs> yeah. appreciate it. If you want to, if you want to find more about Jared, go to, you know, yeah. But yeah, I really think that that is a, a valuable, valuable piece of advice. So two questions for you then. So when you finally do get into what you do, what do you say to somebody typically? And then also what is a question that you typically ask when you're in that kind of a situation besides what do you do? So as far as what I do, I do cater my answer to the audience that I'm talking to. And you know, maybe I do need to get better on like getting that one or two sentence articulation. But really, I do go back to being a connector. And I'm someone who's spent most of my working time the last five years identifying, connecting and befriending hundreds of the world's smartest, and most talented millennials ranging from people that have started companies like WordPress and Elite Daily and Duolingo and General Assembly and Mogul, you know, powerhouse type companies to champion athletes, social media influencers like Jake Paul or Shonduras and just a bunch of other people. And so I, I write about them in my books. I have one book out there called 2 Billion Under 20, which was the number one entrepreneurship book of 2015, according to this random group called the Axiom Business Book Awards. I had another book come out this year called 3 Billion Under 30 or January of 2017. So we're recording this in December 2017. So it came out this year. It'll probably be right after the one-year anniversary when you hear this. But that book I self-published with the same quality in mind that a traditional publisher would make a book. Then I'm also an entrepreneur outside of being just a writer. Uh, I run basically a publishing company for 3 Billion Under 30 and you know sell books and also sell other information and experiences behind the books to our readers. Then I also run a marketing consulting firm, as you mentioned, where I'm taking all the things I do for my own personal brand to help all my book contributors and to give value to my readers and helping other New York Times bestselling authors, other keynote speakers, executive coaches, small businesses, even like VC-backed startups with marketing and business development so that they can amplify what they do to a wider audience and to more of their ideal customers. So I'm a connector, you know, as far as the words that I would put in between the commas, uh, you know, in, in my title, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, you know, so I get invited to speak about a lot of my research to places like Ted and TEDx, to the UN, to a lot of major companies, to different associations and on different shows like this. Yeah. So, so, so how much I got I to gotta boil it down to one sentence, but I guess that's a bulk of, of what I do, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% 
of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. How much of your success would you attribute to relationships? Oh, 99.8% of it. So with it being that important and that crucial, why do you think that there's just a lot of people out there that just don't put any time into it? Well, it's putting time into it. Then it's also building subject matter expertise about human psychology and about how to network effectively and about how to really connect with people. And so I'm someone who, you know, we go back to the conversation we had earlier about what's better being someone who's well-connected or someone who knows a lot about a given subject. I'm one of those rare people who am both very connected and my zone of genius or my superpower or my subject matter expertise is on networking and relationship building. Hmm. So I have other expertise, you know, a lot of companies, especially the Fortune 500s will hire me to talk about marketing to millennials, you know, recruiting, engaging and retaining top millennial talent and things like that. Hmm. But I would say marketing, business development, and then my research as far as different trends and insights into ambitious millennials, the people that you, you'd find on a Forbes 30 under 30 list, things like that. Yeah. That's probably second, third, and fourth on my list of skills to networking and relationship building, which is definitely number one. So gotcha. yeah, I think just a lot of people try and they don't necessarily know, they don't have the best insights as to how to best go about networking and building real authentic relationships. And so that's why I think your show is pretty valuable and different resources like this. So you can not only go to the gym and get your reps in, you know, when it comes to like shooting a basketball or lifting weights or something, but you can actually learn how to weightlift, learn how to yeah. shoot a basketball the right way and the, mm-hmm. the fundamentals behind that. You know, you have, you have to do the same with building relationships personally and professionally. So being an expert networker or connector or relationship or whatever you want to call it, what would be like your number one piece of advice to somebody looking to get better at it? I like to share three basic steps that anyone can follow in most of my talks. And I, I typically, when I'm talking about networking and relationship building, talk about these three basics and say, like, if you get nothing else from a presentation of mine, but remember these, like this will help you get to probably the 98th percentile of people who are, are connectors. And then I share a bunch of like super connector secrets and sort of what you need to do to get to the other 99th and 99.9th percentile. But I think most people just need to start with being a good person. And that shouldn't have to be said in today's day and age. But 
what I mean by that is not brushing people off because they don't look the part or because they don't sound the part or because they're joking with you. You know, so in my what do you do example, you know, anyone that listens to me being sarcastic and, and joking around to what I think is a terrible question, you know, I'm being lighthearted and, and joking when I say it. But if someone brushes me off because I didn't give them an answer that showed them that I had success or showed them that I was someone worth talking to, a professional standpoint, then they're not being a good person. They're sort of just brushing me off because I don't fit the mold of who they're trying to connect because with. they can't take advantage of your relationship with them. Exactly. Like I can't tell you how many different clients I've met because I've, you know, asked someone to move seats with me at a coffee shop because I needed the outlet behind them. And then we struck up a conversation and they turned out to be someone who could hire me, even if it didn't seem like that right away. Yeah. And they would refer me to someone else who could hire me. A lot of speaking gigs have come from that different podcasting opportunities you know, a lot of stuff has happened just because I'm trying to be a good person as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, when I get to step three, you'll see how increasingly important it is to keep this in mind. But that's definitely number one, and it should be number zero for everyone listening. But, you know, just be a good person, be yourself, have some authenticity around your networking efforts. So that's number one. Number two is to provide value up front. You know, so if you start going into each of your interactions looking to help the other person or looking to be of service to them, it's going to come back around. And it's just a much better way of building your network because you're tapping into what most people aren't. You know, most people are thinking about themselves. So if you can just meet them where they want to be met, you've already kind of won the battle or you've made a, a strong connection. And then for the people that are like us in the sense that they want to lead with value when they're making new connections, they're going to appreciate that you are looking to help them and they'll understand what you're trying to do. So they'll most likely be receptive to you helping them. And that's, you know, we do live in a world where you are going to talk to the people that are valuable to you. So whatever value can be a lot of different things. It could be a new connection. It could be giving someone your expertise and your knowledge that saved them time or money and something they're, they're, they're trying to accomplish. It could be someone hiring you for a product or service or working with your company. There's all different ways to provide value, but you should go into each new interaction looking to provide that value. At the end of the day, even if you don't end up offering them value that first interaction or second or third or fourth, I've had some mentors who just you know will not take any help from me, but they appreciate sort of my intention behind it. You know, that's number two is, is lead with value. And number one is making sure you're, you're always being a good person. Number three, you know, and this is where it gets interesting, and, and most people don't think this way, is to be intentional about your networking efforts. And so you know, getting really clear on who it is you're trying to meet, what value you can provide to them, where those people live, you know, quote unquote, online or offline. Just getting really, really clear about the type of life you're trying to make for yourself and what type of relationships you're going to need, why you're looking to create those relationships in the first place. That's something that a lot of people are missing. They think that the best connections happen to them by chance or randomly or things like that. And maybe it does, but that's really because they haven't sat down and thought about who they need to become friends with and why they want to be friends with those people. So that's sort of where it gets a little taboo. You know, people look at someone like Keith Ferrazzi and think that he's, you know, if you read Never Alone, you see he's very intentional about his networking efforts. You know, I would argue that's amazing, whereas a lot of people would read that and be like, oh, you know, he's a little bit over the top or that's like a little bit much. Why would someone like plan their life like that? 
I, I think the alternative is pretty bad, like letting things happen to you versus being in the driver's seat, right. trying to shape you know who your business partners are, who your clients are, who your boyfriend or girlfriend is, husband or wife is, you know who your friends are. I think those relationships are really important, and so I don't want to leave them to chance. Like I want to put myself in the right situations to meet those type of people. Yeah. Exactly. So when you're being intentional about networking, you know sometimes you can forget to be a good person. That's why it becomes increasingly important to have that balance. You know, because just because someone doesn't meet the mold of the uh, ideal relationship for you doesn't mean you should brush them off. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people do sometimes. So. The more and more intentional you get about networking, the more you have to stay balanced and stay humble and stay committed to being of service and even just being a, a solid person to everyone you meet. And so that's why all three of those things become really important in tandem. Right, right. So during your first point, you mentioned something about Starbucks. Speaking of that, where do you typically go? Like if you're just like, you know what, I need to get out of the house. I need to just be around other people. Is it like just events for you or do you try to like put yourself at Starbucks or is there somewhere that you go online or in person to cultivate relationships specifically? Yes, not, I wouldn't say Starbucks, but my networking strategy, if you will, has changed a lot over time. So when I was just getting started, which I imagine some people listening to this are wondering, you know, how do I make that first meaningful connection and have that first mentor or that first person that's going to really champion me and and help me along the way. Mm -hmm. What I would recommend is, you know, again, getting really, really intentional about the type of person you want to learn from and potentially how you can be valuable to that person and be like over the top valuable to the point where they almost don't think they can live without you. So before I was ever well connected, you know, I was a teenager trying to start my first business. And like most teens that start their first business, I failed miserably. I made every single mistake you can think of, didn't have enough capital, didn't really know my competition. The industry I was playing in doesn't even matter. But why I bring up this story is because I ended up spending about six months of day-to-day time hanging out with this gentleman I had met along the way. And I found out that he had served time in prison for a security fraud on Wall Street. So I went from you know not having any network to having negative network because the guy <laughs> who I was spending a ton of time with didn't have a lot of integrity. Yeah, he didn't really. He also didn't really know what he was talking about. You know, he was sort of quote unquote helping me, but he didn't really know much about the tech space. He didn't know much about the industry I was playing in. He didn't really know how to start a company in a startup environment. Right. So. I wasn't getting a lot of subject matter expertise from him mm-hmm. and it, it was coming from a low integrity place. So yeah. Yeah. when I was coming out of that, it was really important for me just to meet someone who was very high integrity, who was you know really competent at what they were doing. And it didn't hurt that the first person I reached out to was a super connector. And it was actually that gentleman who I was mentioning at the very beginning of the interview, who was called the most connected man you don't know in Silicon Valley, uh, according to Forbes. And so when you're first starting out, I would find someone who is like the perfect mentor for you and and the perfect door opener for you. And I would do everything possible to offer that person value. So I went, I ended up going to work for this guy's company, which is called 15.5. I ended up working at his company for two years. I went to work for him as an unpaid intern because I was 16 at the time. And I just offered him my, you know, my time, which that was really the only value I could provide and, and my enthusiasm and ended up, you know, getting on payroll and, you know, having a pretty nice run at his company uh, and being introduced to his investors and advisors and things like that. But that's where I got started. And then 
over time, it's become being increasingly selective about the events I go to. I'm actually finding now that like the higher end events, the ones that you're paying a lot of money to attend, typically have really good attendees because yeah. they also understand the value of investing in their network and, and building relationships. And so it's also really about the host for me. You know, I make sure that I trust whoever's curating the group more so than the company behind it or the sponsors or the speakers. I don't really care about that stuff anymore. But now that I'm in a point where I know a lot of super connectors and I'm not just starting out, I've become increasingly selective about the events I go to. I'm really host focused. And then that way, when I get in the room, I'm not even worried about brushing anyone off. It's just whoever I'm talking to is going to be a badass. So right. I look left uh, and I'm seeing a celebrity. I look right. You know, I'm seeing someone who's running a very successful business. Uh, and then it's really natural for me to be goofy and just be myself and, you know, be authentic, right. if you will. So, I mean, I, as far as like work effectiveness, I like working in coffee shops. I, I just like changing my environment. I don't really like working at home too much. Hmm. My team is remote, so I don't have to yeah. like, go to the be office or whatever all the time, which is nice. And yeah, I mean, I'm actually hosting a lot of events and hosting different groups now just to make sure that I'm always surrounded by the types of people I want to be. Yeah. So that's a really powerful you know, tool as well. So with all the people that you've been able to meet, all the super connectors that you have been able to connect with, who do you think is the best networker or connector or relationship builder, whatever you want to call them? Who's the best networker that you know? There's a few. I look up to Joe Polish. Have you heard of him? Yeah, the, he runs Genius Networker, whatever, right? Yeah, Genius Network. I really like how he moves and what he does. I like a guy, John Levy, who runs an event called, I think it's called The Salon in New York, and The Influencers, okay. uh, which is a dinner series. So that's a pretty private, non-monetized group that he runs. But he's a masterful networker and relationship builder. And so I really respect what he's doing. And I've been to a lot of his parties and met some great people through there. Yeah, there, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that I have as mentors who are constantly surrounded by incredible individuals. And you'll never publicly know who these people are. They prefer to keep it that way. Yeah. You know, they'd rather be the influencers of the influencers right. and not necessarily brand themselves as connectors like I am. You know, I am purposely doing that. Mm -hmm. But there's some people who are content with just having the network and you know, having a good time. And so that's really cool. So there's yeah. There's a lot of people out there that are great at it. I would look at the co-founders of YEC, which are coming out with a new book in February of 2018 called Super Connector huh. uh, that I'm lucky enough to be mentioned in. Keith Ferrazzi is obviously still a thought leader there, and I know he's yeah. coming out with another book in the next couple of years. I don't know exactly what it is or, or when it's coming out, but mm -hmm. the last conversation I had with him, he had mentioned that he's finishing a book deal for his next book, which is really cool. always exciting. There's a lot of people who are very yeah. well connected. You know, yeah. I, if those people pop into my mind first, a couple of them, like Joe, have found a way to monetize their networking relationship building efforts. Yeah. Uh, the guys at Summit come to mind. So Summit Series. I mean, they've created a, a series of companies that have over $5 billion of capital that has been deployed into a fund like like they have a fund that's invested into Uber and a few other companies like that. They also bought a, a ski mountain that they're turning into an entrepreneurial oasis in Utah. So they've been able to definitely monetize their connections and their influence. Yeah, uh, sure. There's people like John who, who don't, don't directly monetize 
directly. Yeah, exactly. You know, efforts. So I respect uh, a lot of people in this space and try and learn from as many of them as possible. So cool. So so much good stuff today, Jared. Let's go ahead and move on to something I like to call the random round. Just a few quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Sure. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? My girlfriend's a film producer, so I don't know if I'd want to attempt it. Maybe I'd want to attempt the writing part of a film, Hmm. and maybe I'll do that in the future. I I know exactly who to give my script to, Uh, but... That's a, a very interesting world that I've been lucky enough to learn about in the last few years. And while I would never want to produce a movie, I don't think, I would certainly be interested in taking my writing abilities and trying it in a fiction and other type of industry versus just nonfiction business books. Yeah. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Wow. These are some good questions. So a lot of people I want to talk to. I mean, Napoleon Hill comes to mind as someone who wrote my favorite book of all time, which is The Law of Success, which is the precursor to Think and Grow Rich. Hmm. So The Law of Success is about a 1,200-page course that was distilled into what became Think and Grow Rich. Although Napoleon Hill has gotten some heat and wasn't the most high integrity of characters throughout his career. So I'd probably want to ask him, like, why did you, you know, go stray from – what was already a pretty successful career? Like, why did you have to fabricate some of your content? Or why did you have to Hmm. make some of the business moves that wasn't high integrity when you already had it, you know, in you to do things the right way and already had the right connections? Because he knew everyone in his day and age. So that'd be a cool conversation. How do you like to consume content, books, blogs, or podcasts? Most of them, except for blogs. I haven't done a lot of blog reading lately, but I'll watch YouTube and listen to podcasts a little bit when I work sometimes. I do like to read books, maybe not like a book a week, but maybe one or two a month. And what is a book that you've read recently that you would recommend? It's actually networking and relationship building focused. I think it's called how to get a meeting with anyone. Oh, I have that uh, sitting right here on my desk. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. that was recommended to me by actually a very high end CEO group. I just joined and so that the founder of that group recommended I read it. And it's pretty interesting. It's a unique book. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. I don't have a solid morning routine <laughs> right now. In a perfect world, I'd be doing creative work in the morning. And then uh, I'm definitely not the most productive in the afternoons. So whether that would be doing podcast interviews like this in the afternoon or taking phone calls or doing that sort of stuff, I think I'd be more hype and to do that sort of stuff in the afternoon yeah. versus doing like a lot of deep work in the mornings. But yeah. I, I definitely don't have a perfect yeah. morning routine or, or much of one right now. I, I got to change that. But <laughs> what is your go-to pump up song? Anything from Eminem or J Cole or Drake historically. I moved to Atlanta recently. And so a lot of hip hop music is coming out of Atlanta. And so that will pump me up anything from like Migos or Two Chains or really any like trap music is pretty cool. I like all that. I like EDM. So I know that's not one song. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even answer the question, but yeah. hopefully that gives you a glimpse into what does pump me up. What are you not very good at? I'm not the most creative person when it comes to things like design. So I can pick out what looks nicely designed. But mm-hmm. if you were to ask me to make a perfect website or design something perfectly. I'm not very good at that. Yeah. Historically, I've also haven't been the best as far as 
detail orientation, although I'm getting a little bit better at that. But I'm very much a strategic thinker, big picture kind of person, you know, connector, if you will, not necessarily the meticulous spreadsheeter. Let's get everything wrapped up here, Jared. What is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? I guess is 3billionunder30.com, which is the page for my book and everything related to that. So that's the number three, the word billion, the word under the number 30.com. Awesome. So go check out 3billionunder30.com, pick up a copy of Jared's book. If you want to reach out to him, I'm sure that there's some ways to do that on that website. Jared, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I really, really had a great time chatting with you. Yeah, thank you. And if anyone wants to reach out, you, know, you can email me, jared at 3billionunder30.com. Uh, you can text me, uh, 646-846-7200. Pretty easy to contact. Uh, would love to get in touch with you, especially if you made it this far in the interview. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jared. Yeah, thanks. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.